0: As firefighters, nurses, and emergency medical professionals, we can lead extremely stressful lives. I know one of my favorite things to do to clear my head is to get lost on a trail somewhere, but I always bring the right fuel to get to the top, and that's where True Wild comes in.
1: True Wild is all-natural and includes nothing but high-quality, handcrafted ingredients to help optimize your performance during any challenge in the great outdoors or in the gym. With amazing products to help you enhance your energy, like motion, or recover your sore joints with their signature
0: American curcumin blend, True Wild helps elevate my athletic performance. Regardless of what kind of athlete you are, they have the product for you. Yoga? Get your mind right with their adaptogen blend. Endurance athlete? Get a delicious sip of their watermelon-lemonated hydration complex.
1: Use the promo code 15WILDWALL for 15% off. That's 15 wildwall at TrueWild.com.
0: Stay wild. No one knows better than me how monotonous and boring recertifying your BLS and ACLs can be, but not with Surefire CPR. They utilize a team of passionate instructors with real-world experience who are currently working in the field. No more outdated retirees trying to tell you about how they did in the 1980s or soccer moms who just got their BLS card last week. Surefire CPR offers a wide range of classes on days, nights, and weekends to fit your busy schedule. You'll get your recertification and card in the same day. Get your BLS research, learn about rhythms in an EKG class, get your LA Fire card, or take Pediatric Advanced Life Support. They have four separate offices spreading throughout Orange, LA, and Riverside counties and offer hundreds of classes per month. Register for a class today at surefirecpr.com today and use promo code HTW10 for 10% off now. That's HTW10 for 10% off at surefirecpr.com. Now would you guys like to cheers? Now cheers, we're, ah, we're cheering. All right, we've been trying to get this done for a long time. Know, you right? in particular, I don't know why you're like the apple of my eye. <laughs> i like I want ham and nobody else. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Love you guys.
1: Woo, this is smoky.
2: <sighs> I'm two trying. thirds wow. through this, we're and I might frog. be slurring my words. I it's forgot nice. you're such a lightweight. Oh man, you, yeah. What? That's I have some water
0: yet to either. this thing.
1: Oh really? Yeah.
0: I had. Two pieces of chicken
2: for lunch.
1: That's it. I, was I like, have oh. half a bang for lunch. I thought... <laughs> Spoken like night shift. Just That's it.
2: I don't miss that oh, at all anymore. Dude. Are I you working swings as well? Like nights, days, nights, yeah. days?
1: Um. So, CCTs nights or a 24 nights at one job and then mids on another.
2: So, your cortisol levels are just
1: shit right now. Yeah.
0: You need to start taking ashwagandha.
1: I do. Like once a month. You I'm very inconsistent day. with it. <laughs> It helps
0: with cortisol levels, allegedly. Oh, fuck. But yeah. That's why I take it. Well, today, it we have a special guest on, and his name is Tam. Tam Nguyen. Hi. What's up, buddy? Like I said before, professional parent,
2: amateur paramedic. <laughs> you are a super dad, but
0: yep. uh, we've been wanting to get Tam on for a long time just because he has a unique uh, history or... Sorry, you give a funny look. And I was like, oh, what's
2: up? No, no I'm just pulling this microphone <laughs> not down because like, I'm... I don't like things like you know at, at higher levels. It reminds me of other parts of the anatomy. God, okay, okay. I don't like phallic as, things in my face. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the military, we yeah. all know. So
0: so much phallic. That was the thing. your your unique history is that you came from the military and then you transitioned to civilian life. And I just thought it was interesting. And you've definitely told me a couple of stories. I was like, holy shit, this guy has some seen some stuff. So I don't know. I just uh, I'm curious. You're all, you're a really smart guy, and and I just wanted you to come chat
2: us up. Yeah, man. I just came to just hang out with you guys came and uh, catch up too. Yeah, and, and the booze.
0: This is one thing that I like about the podcasting is it facilitates like an excuse to get together and just like bullshit for at least like an hour or two, you know? And uninterrupted, just chatting, catching up. Like, it's, it's actually really nice. Even when it's only with Ryan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're getting tired of me. You had to get another issue. Never
2: i feel like i'm the annoying one do you have more asian friends than you have white friends
1: no oh (laughs)
2: we'll change that yeah i love the podcast just like during my day obviously you know it's pretty busy kids work stuff like that and what really helps me kind of like think about the podcast is when i see something on instagram and you guys post something i'm like oh shit yeah that's right but (laughs) I'm so not then per- <laughs> I, I listen to it, and I think a lot of people are the same way, is that once you see it, you're like, shit, it's on my radar now. Mm-hmm. I got oh, to listen to it. Oh,
0: the last episode's out.
2: Oh, right. yeah. there's a new one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm actually not in charge of the Instagram. Somebody yeah. else is. Even, even if there's a meme <clears throat> or
2: something like that, just something stupid, just to get that you know visibility. So right. keep, keep up the Instagram side, <laughs> the Facebook side. I know. Side. I almost wanted
0: like Kirsten or Carol or somebody like just run it for us. Like I'm yeah, not good it. at that shit. So I just want somebody else to do it for me. Get the biggest Instagram whore that you can and have them manage that. Dude. Baron, TikToker. Oh my god, Baron. Baron's yes. all over. It. He fucking makes more if stories than any girl I know. It's like, Jesus, dude.
2: We get you Does fucking he? barbecue, all right? <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Love you, Baron. Um, um so do you want a little bit of background about what what I'm doing? Yeah, yeah, now yeah. How about how about this? Where I you tell from? us
0: where you came from. Tell us your your what led you to your current position, and then uh, we can get into your week. One caveat, no specifics. Nothing smaller than a state. Absolutely. Tell me about yourself.
2: All right, so my name is Tam. Um, I'm 35 now. And so I was a junior in high school when 9-11 happened. Remember it extremely vivid, super emotional. And I remember that afternoon after the Twin Towers fell down, I thought to myself that my aspirations of going to college, going to engineering, living that whole college life that my brother talked about was probably out the window because this was the moment, the defining moment of our generation. So, you know, soon afterwards I was in the army. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do in the army. Originally I thought I was going to be a combat engineer, but my girlfriend at the time was pre-med. So she had an influence on me and I uh, thought she' would be happy that I joined as a combat medic, and then she was like, "So pissed." <laughs> <laughs> that I joined without telling her.: Apparently, you should tell your loved ones that you're thinking about joining before you join. the military? Yeah,, yeah. Uh, generally speaking, that's a uh, kind of a you know life altering decision.: So I joined the Army uh, as a combat medic, and I was going through the process in 2004. loved it. You know, it was it was that sense of service and the inevitableness of going to war that gave us that focus. So, um, you know, made some good friends, went through the training. I felt like I can save the world. You know, like that that young <laughs> super EMT, naive. Opt- yeah, yeah. super yeah. naive, and no one, none of the instructors ever told me that that naiveness was dangerous because a lot of instructors haven't been to war yet at that time either because, you know, 2001 was the invasion in Afghanistan. 2003 was Iraq, I believe. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those guys with combat experience uh, just came back from their deployment. So they weren't in those instructor roles yet. So I was going off of uh, the information that I was trained with and I was, yeah, I felt like I could save the world. Hmm. And I got into my first unit. It was a hospital unit I was super motivated that I was motivated enough to transfer out of the hospital unit into yeah. a more combat uh, oriented mission uh, unit which is a uh, military police went overseas the military police guys uh, stayed in garrison to do their own thing and I got attached to combat engineers so that was really cool uh, because they had like robotic you know bomb detection oh, nice you know things <clears throat> and we went on convoys. We we did the experience. Yeah. And um, during that time it it really kicked my ass because I was so naive. I, I thought, hey, if if I trained harder than everyone else, I I worked out harder than everyone else. I ran my two mile more faster than everyone else. I did my push-ups, you know, more than anyone else, or my sit-ups, and everything was aligned that I could make it that I would be able to save everyone that I came in contact with. Right. That was the unfortunate fault of my first deployment. I ran into instances where we lost guys and we lost, we even lost kids, you know, and it really brought me back to earth. And I was like, wow, you know, so I, Mm -hmm. I, I came home from Iraq with a lot of demons and um, it took me a long time to recover from that. Yeah, I remember it was almost a year where I couldn't sleep. Like I would have nightmares every night. I, you know, thought about killing myself. I had what did it call it? The the survivor's guilt, mm-hmm. basically. And I was just a wreck. And then when I came back, I was also back in the civilian side at that time too. Yeah. And um. Yeah, I was working on the ambulance, 9-1 as an EMT. And I remember because it was rough for me even coming back because we lost a lot of guys in Iraq around the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas. It's really shitty because you just want a nice, easy holiday to kind of mm-hmm. like look forward to, Oof. and you lose guys. And I came back from Iraq. It was the holidays again. You're working on a box, and you know, just like I do, that a ton of people die during holidays. Yeah. There's something weird yeah. about
0: the holidays where you're just like, <laughs> we're going to get chokings, we're going to get cardiac arrest. There's just something about those days where, like, you're just exceptionally busy and it's just like, fuck. Absolutely. I want people to remember their their holidays like this, but it's just the way it is.
2: Yeah. So, don't be <laughs> scared. Don't be surprised when Meemaw, you know, has the big one in front of the dinner table on Christmas dinner. Yeah. But, you know, I can... Brian could probably attest, Josiah, you can probably attest that we've had quite a bit of calls around the holidays for cardiac arrest or whatever. And so, you know, my second holiday, my first holiday back from Iraq, I was just hoping for a nice, calm one. And we just had, you know, DOAs after no ROSC after, you know, just you just work and pay dead patients after dead Uh. patients. And I remember I was living um, in a city that was very close to the city that I was working at. And I remember that morning my partner calls me and was like, why aren't you at work? And I'm like, I fuck this life, dude. Fuck me. You know, like I don't want to go to work. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I'm coming to pick you up right now. We have a call. He goes code three to my apartment, fucking throws a rock at my window. And he's like, get the fuck in. No, we kidding. got a patient. Whoa, really? <laughs> <Yeah. What? laughs> so he, you know, he clocks in for me. He, he fucking, he, yeah. He, That's a he, good partner. He, yeah. He's yeah. a good what partner, you know? dude. He's a good partner. Um, so we you know, we run the call and you know, luckily at the time we were just EMTs, so the paramedics were already on scene, you know, they don't expect much yeah. from the EMTs that are in the gurney. <laughs> we bring in the gurney like great EMTs. <laughs> you guys did great. Good <laughs> to you. And then um yeah, and you know, just survived. Uh, my 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 biggest accomplishment after my first deployment was surviving. During the deployment and afterwards. Um and then You know, so I I got out of my first deployment. You know, I was in the National Guard at this point. So it's part-time soldier, Mm -hmm. you know, full-time civilian. But it really didn't feel like it because in a unit that I was with, it was a combat unit. It was a cavalry scout unit. You know, it was a reconnaissance unit. So we're we're training a ton. I felt like we're training more than an active duty unit because it is – you're trying to compose – a whole month of training into one weekend. Okay. What an active duty side would do. Um, and then on top of that, guys wouldn't take as good of care of themselves because they're not training every day. So you see them on that weekend and you're their medic. And if they have something wrong with them, obviously you're trying to take care of them rather than just that one weekend rather than, you know, the whole month of trying to take care of them. Mm -hmm. Um, we deploy again, we go to Kosovo, um, that was a really good adjustment for me because it was a peacekeeping mission. People in Bosnia, Kosovo, they absolutely love us, especially the Muslims there. Yeah. Clinton back in the nineteen ninety nine era, he bombed the Bosnians uh to save the the minority Muslim population there from being uh killed genocide. off by genocide. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So they literally have like streets named after Clinton. Because most people don't know about Kosovo. It was like a decade ago. Yeah. And it, for a lot of people, that's too far away. And it was such a small conflict. Um, Kosovo was great. People loved us there. And it got my hyper-vigilance down to a more calm level because Iraq was super hyper-vigilant. Any piece of trash in the road could be a bomb. Mm-hmm. could be the thing that kills you next. Going to Kosovo... Girls were giving you their number. <laughs> Dads were offering you some whiskey and their daughter. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. How many wives did you acquire?
1: <laughs> no, okay. We'll delete this. We'll delete <laughs> this.
2: But I did deliver a baby. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. We were in the barracks one day, snow up to your knees, and, you know, we get alerted. We're like, hey, you guys need to jump into tracked vehicles. We need to deliver a baby. No one could get to this mom. She's up on the top of this mountain. All the roads are snowed in. She can't make it to the hospital. No the shit. midwife can't make it there. Mm-hmm. So we fucking throw everything in the back of this track vehicle and we're hauling ass. And the whole time, like, I'm the only medic. Everyone's looking at me. And they're like, Tam, have you ever delivered a baby? I'm like, hey, fucking fake it till you <laughs> make it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> fake it till you make it, right? But uh, luckily, I was working. I, before I this, I also worked at... Um, no specifics, right? I was working at a school, a university, okay. as a EMT instructor, clinical, and one of my bread and butter instruction things was teaching OB. Nice. So, I knew it like the back inside of my hand, yeah, inside good. and out. Watching up videos... You know, like, if you, if you no, watch fine. enough Call of Duty, you could probably play Call of Duty, right? It's <laughs> <the> same <laughs> thing for delivering a child.
0: Yeah. So, I, uh, it was definitely one of those things, like, when I started teaching ACLS, I noticed my cardiac arrest ran so much smoother because I was so used to t- talking about it and how to delegate and all these things that I know need to get done. Like my cardiac arrest care got so much better because I was like, oh, I teach this on a regular basis. I know the, the follies and the the pros of different behaviors and stuff. So like I just saw students fuck up. I saw students do well. And I was like, oh, you know what pick and choose from. So yeah, teaching it goes a long way because you, you have to know it really well if you're going to teach it because people will call you on your bullshit so quick and you're like, ah, uh, that's a good question. Let me look into that. You know, you don't want to be that person. So you definitely take a five do a break, research. Yeah. <laughs> bathroom break (laughs) yeah sorry sorry that must be an interesting juxtaposition from going from iraq where you're having this you know high stress people wanting to hurt you and then you go to this other deployment where people love us and you're doing things like delivering babies babies. and bringing life into this world compared to like nothing nothing but you know the worst parts of war you know that's so i was i was thinking about when you were talking about this was um it's so interesting to me that you dealt with these demons and stuff Cause you're one of the happiest, nicest people I know. And like, and I always love seeing you like with your kids, like when you do, when that's how you introduce yourself. I'm, I'm full-time dad, part-time paramedic. <laughs> I'm like, that's so true. Like there's nobody who's like more involved and loving with their kids and as happy and like joyful as I was like, I would always like be excited when I saw you cause you have a big old smile. you call me Thunderbuns or like slap my butt, <laughs> squeeze my ass. And like, your yeah. ass is
2: still going to be squeezed. <laughs> just wait.
0: So like, it's it's just interesting that I don't know how many people out there are, you know, this has actually been something that's been brought up to us from our listeners and stuff like, hey, can you talk more about PTSD or the struggles of the job and all that kind of stuff? And that's actually where we're recording with uh, one of our old paramedic instructors after this. But he wants to talk about that. It's just, you know, for anybody who is dealing with that kind of stuff right now, like, you're a fucking perfect person to look up to because not only do you have to deal with those things and you went through it, but you came out the other side and you're one of the happiest, nicest people I know. So I don't know. It's, it's just a testament to the ability to grow and build that resilience, you know? Thank you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> this is a big old circle jerk over here. I know, Go right? Go ahead. <laughs>
2: so Kosovo was great. It helped me calm down. And after Kosovo, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, all right. Here's life after the Army. I'm not going to be in this vicious, vicious PTSD cycle. So I saw myself you know, progressing in my career, obviously, picking up my paramedic license. Because in the Army, you get your EMT-B, but you're actually trained to EMT-A. Weird okay. thing. Yeah, it's just easier to credential people for a B. And then within the Army, you have an advanced scope. And so mm-hmm. the, the PA there let you run with anything that he feels that you're comfortable running oh, that's with nice the lot. given amount of training and you know so you know even as an emtb i was given narcs i do i was doing like full assessments as far as like anything from sports injuries to you know pediatrics things like that i was re- even writing soap notes for doctors when oh, i was bringing shoot. in patients my own guys into the hospital for like a sick call thing I would already have everything written out. He would just sign a script that I was requesting. And it it was really nice, you know? So I was like, well, why am I holding myself back? He needs some antibiotics. His dick is dripping. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In the military, we see so much dicks. So (laughs) when people are thanking me for my service, they're really thanking me for all the penises I've seen. And manhandled and taken care of. So for you that are not acclimated to the military, The military is comprised of 18-year-old kids. Basically, it's like a fraternity. So lots of drinking, but you're being paid at the time, and you're given guns when you're going (laughs) to war. Um, And those 18-year-old kids are very horny. So every block leave that we have, Christmas, Thanksgiving... They usually find some type of stripper or some type of promiscuous, you know, <laughs> female out there the and, uh, they just <laughs> don't wrap it before they tap it. So they come back to me and you're like, doc, uh, I think I got something my, my dick's dripping and I'm like, all right, let me see it. So I, I, I eventually will see everyone's penis inside <laughs> in your my, whole my unit. unit. Yeah. Especially if you're a good medic, they trust you, you know? And you'll, you'll see all the dicks. So that made me, on, a good si- on the, the positive side of seeing Aren't all these penises. All right, after this episode,
0: we got to oh. take Harrison
2: business, kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. kidding, kidding. <laughs> Is uh, so many penises I've seen, I, I, I know the average length, you know? And, like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, like some guys are really kind of self- Insecure? Insecure, thank you insecure about their length and i think that gives them an emotional uh issue and if you see so many penises out there you're like all right i'm definitely not the smallest it gives you some <laughs>
0: confidence i find solace that i've seen a smaller dick than mine yeah.
2: <laughs> that's all that's all you really need when, when you're feeling down just find a picture of a really small dick and you're like all right i'm better than that you guy micro penises you're like yeah it could be worse yeah <laughs> <That's> too- <laughs> Hey, Lisa's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, whip it out, Ryan. Yeah. We haven't said much. No. I know. I got, you, I got a You've see you seen a week. lot because you're a nurse now. Yeah. So you, yeah. I just saw one yesterday.
0: God. I, you're the one who told me about the shotgun, right?
1: Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was at my first job. Yeah,
0: Big old hog? Yes. Said it was a baby arm.
1: Just what? Oh. Up. Yeah. So it was actually my, my preceptor. He said uh, he had to do a, a Foley on a African-American dude. Right. But he put the Foley in all the way to the hub, oh. inflated the balloon and it never drew back. Like they never drew back slack. And then apparently like the dude was like sitting in a wheelchair getting discharged. You could see it poking through from the ankles. Oh. Yeah. That's so.
0: that's so savage. I wouldn't want, there's that. What are you going to do with that? What girls can be like, I want that in me. It's like, <laughs> <"Nope>, <laughs> fuck you. You're not coming near me with that. That the guy's monster. got a good bank account. Yeah. Reminds so, me of the, the shotgun, dude who Pringles, was sitting Pringles on the edge of the bed. The meme. What's that? The, what? the meme with the dude with the giant hog who was sitting on the edge of the bed. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. It's a good
2: meme. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Tam. <Anyway>. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Went, to param- t- t- tangent. <laughs> Went to paramedic school. Barely passed the, was a didactic, but aced into clinicals. Yeah. You know, oh, just sure. good hands on. And, um, you know, right after paramedic school, I got picked up by a company. A private military company. Oh, well right. will that will remain nameless. Um a big one. Yeah, a big one. <laughs> that has killed many dudes in the past. And uh, you know, was, was surrounded by SF guys and PJs and Navy SEALs and um had a blast overseas. We had a, a couple of attacks and never felt so safe as i did with those guys just because everyone was so specialized everyone's got a couple kill counts you know some guys where you're like man this guy's fucking crazy and then you i I can't remember how but i saw their military record and i'm like oh my god this guy's fucking like (laughs) (laughs) step away from like being congratulated by obama you know like (laughs) it's it's pretty crazy um yeah. I, I just did that for money, really. The, the pay was crazy. And the time spent away was significant where my wife and I, we just got married. I was joining that company. And basically, we didn't see each other for two years. And our promise to each other is that we were going to save enough money for a down payment for a house. Here in California, the houses are a million dollars. Yeah. That's <laughs> fucking crazy. Not cheap. Not cheap. So to save a down payment for a million dollars or something close to that is quite significant. Yeah, It could be basically your whole life savings. Basically. I'm uh, going
0: through that right now. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Congrats. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, got out of it relatively unscathed and, uh, you know, my wife was still in the military at that time. I got to spend a whole year just catching up with civilian life and spending time with her. We popped out a baby and, me having a baby was like anyone else like having a puppy, you know it's I know you can relate because it it just brings you joy, you know, yes, my kids bring me joy because I felt like there was so much evil and so much heartache in this world over my past experiences of going to war, surviving, and you know just constantly being under a threat of being killed that once. I've had this baby and she looks at me with such innocent eyes that it just all melted away. And I just wanted to embrace it as much as I can. So my kids, I love them. I also, you know, am exhausted by them, but it's a good exhaustion. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's why now, you know, like we've all met, working for the same private company. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, whenever there was like open shifts, I was like, nah, I don't need the money that much. I've I've worked enough in my life. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> that my time with my kids is the most important thing. Even though now I'm in what was it? The nine one one position for that for that private company. The first one in the county to be private nine one one paramedics. So it's it's quite an accomplishment. We're first wave and um we're, we're doing all right.
0: Yeah. It's for as much as we all sometimes have a tendency to bag that company, <laughs> like they did make huge steps in, in this County, yeah. you know, like being the first to have ALS transport. And also now they're the first ALS 911 transport. Like that's, that is, is int- like cool. And, and, it's, uh, you know, very progressive for them, not to mention it's needed in this County. So I was actually just talking to, um, some coworkers yesterday about this, as far as like, you know, the, the monopoly that the, the fire department had in this area, as far as like the, the level of care and like <clears throat> how frequently we saw patients get bls who shouldn't have been BLS strokes, hip fractures, patients who deserved ALS care and they're getting shipped off because, you know, they don't want to ride in because it's late or they want to go back to bed or whatever the fuck reason they had that was completely unnecessary. They're they're giving um substandard care just because they have other things that are going on. And and uh
1: just like Oh, I got a story for you for that.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it's not that hard to have ALS ambulances or transports yeah. in the same that county, and you can like an ALS can take over and they don't need a rider. Like they they can just oh, this patient needs payments? Perfect. I can do that. You don't need to come with me. It's that easy, but for it some is. reason they were so opposed to it. I never understood that because like it's it makes your life and my life better. I don't know why they were so like the, the opposition was
2: so stupid to me. Sorry. Quick rant. I totally agree with you. You know, patient care should always come as first priority. Um in the end, obviously, you know, the fire departments have their unions trying to, you know, increase the pay of their guys. I respect that. But at the cost of the patient's welfare yeah, you know that could be debated now you know as far as a private company taking over 911 you know it's there are some pros and cons to it and ideally I, it would be a third service you mm-hmm. know that's that's the holy grail right there and for you to if, for the listeners that don't know what a third service is it's you know the first service could be like police the second service could be Fire, and then a third service would be EMS. It would yeah. be paid by taxpayer dollars, and it would be held accountable to taxpayer dollars. So it's it's something that we don't see very often in EMS. But the advantages of a paramedic working under a third service would be, um, you know, good pension, good benefits, things like that. Something to work hard to achieve that seniority um, and that patient care, and yeah. things like
1: that. Just longevity in the career.
2: Yeah, because a lot of times you do see great paramedics, and then they end up going to the fireside, And then on the fire side, you know, like I see it at my fire station. The the firefighters at my station are BLS only, EMTs, firefighters. Mm -hmm. So their main priority is firefighting. And there's so much to be done on the firefighting side to be competent, to be proficient. Fire science is difficult. It's not just putting water on, you know, the wet stuff on the red stuff. Not, <laughs> exactly. It's not as easy as that. Yeah, there's sure. there's cutting down things, there's there's reading smoke, there's maintenance of your vehicle, there's a ton of stuff. And you have a fire captain that's, you know, concentrated on getting his guys proficient because you might not have a fire every month, but to be proficient in it takes a tremendous amount of training. And if you were both a firefighter and a paramedic to be proficient in both is an extremely high level of skill that's asked of you at any given moment on any different skill set.
0: I know it's it's hard, but you know not everybody can be <laughs> just if <kidding. laughs>
2: You went there, but but <laughs> I, <on. laughs> I understand why some fire captains will say, hey, you know, why are we gonna go ALS with this patient when we can go BLS, ship them out, and then we can go back to our training on the fire side. <laughs> you know yeah. there is that pressure because your day is only so many hours and you might get a ton of calls it's true so it, you know to it, have we a get it all the
0: time and like yeah. and we have a like just yesterday we had three or four lift assists where the engines going to go pick up some old person and mm. that's it that's all we're doing but it's it's throwing a wrench into our the middle of our day just because some old need, person needs to get picked up yeah. and that's fine we have we have three personnel on the, the apparatus and that's why we send the engine so they have enough bodies so nobody gets injured or you know pulls a back but like you said it's one of those things that it throws a wrench in our training or the stuff we had to get around done around the station the apparatus maintenance so on saturday sundays we do all our tool maintenance and apparatus maintenance so it's like washing the rig detailing it um taking care of all of our tools running them refueling them making sure everything's running clean all that shit and that takes it's it's you know it takes a lot of time and and to do it well you know if you're one of the crews that actually does it well <laughs> Not out, all the crews do. It takes time. And, and, uh, when shit calls pop off, it just, you're sitting out there at like six o'clock like, fuck, all right. It's getting early evening and you're starting to, you're still doing the shit that
2: could have been done by noon. Me being a <clears throat> single role paramedic at the fire station. It's really nice because, you know, I see all the fire guys doing all that stuff. I don't have to be a part of it. I help them out whenever, you know, there's an opportunity, but I focus in on paramedicine, mm-hmm. you know, like things I haven't seen in a while. I'm going to flip open the book. I'm going to read up on it. I'm going to look up a couple journals, you know, regarding that type of incident that w- we ran. And I was like, dude, I've never seen that before. You know, I'm practicing with my partner. I'm I'm quizzing each other. You know, we're pulling the EMTs in, you know, f- because they're from a different company. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're cross-training, things like that. So, you can kind of dive in a little bit deeper on the EMS side rather than kind of just going, hey, you know, we we have both sides. Like I said, our day is only so many hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Challenging.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So when it comes to like, um, the firefighters with the department, are you guys constantly doing like EMS training with them? Like, Hey, as a paramedic, this is how I'd like to run the, the co or the cardiac arrest or, or this kind of call you guys, you guys doing that or kind of doing scenarios with them or is it kind of, you're essentially separate entities, but on calls you kind of come together.
2: Absolutely. We we try to train together as much as we can because nice. um, it's like a tier dispatching. There's different levels and the, high, the higher levels, the engine will get dispatched with us. And uh, to go back to the main subject is how was your week been? Before, I have a good call. Okay. <laughs> so before we do that, oh, fuck. What? Okay.
0: Don't let me forget about tier dispatching because I have a bunch of questions about that.
2: All right. How was your week? Super interesting call so we do forty eights, and it was our second day morning i don't like to wake up in the morning so i'd wait until the very last minute to get up seven o'clock's our wake-up time so i'm like 659 <laughs> seven o'clock hits and we get toned out i'm like motherfucker dude. Uh, those are the worst yeah
0: when you have that last couple of minutes and all of a sudden you hear the tones, you're like fuck that's I, sw- I, I sleep is <laughs> for a reason
2: bitch <laughs> My eyes are super blurry. I'm driving. No, no, I was attending. Good thing I wasn't driving. My eyes <laughs> I was like, oh god, oh you man. <laughs> All right, we get dispatch. We're following the engine. It's high level call, but you know who knows what it is because sometimes dispatchers don't dispatch Bucking right. Dispatch. Huh. You know, you just roll with it. It goes over as a 14 year old unconscious. Eesh. Mm. Nobody I'm wants like. That. Unconscious slash fainting. I'm like, it could be anything. It could be BS. Most of the time, when we get a pediatric, it's BS, especially at 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barely anything happens to a 14 year old.
0: An HD Ap- teen- teenager pretending to be unconscious, you know?
2: After Thanksgiving at seven in the morning. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm like, uh, my level of suspicion that this is a critical call is relatively low at this point. Yeah. Hmm. I'm super calm. We're rolling, we're following the engine in. And dispatch says, uh, be advised, CPR is in progress. And we're like, what? You know, I'm still kind of suspicious how Mm -hmm. critical this is. You know, we we hop out. Apparently, the engine forgot to switch over channels. So, they didn't hear that CPR was in progress. I'm screaming at my firefighter, hey, get the Lucas. Get the automatic defibrillator. Mm -hmm. He's like, what? Okay. You know, he grabs it. He guns it up. I'm following him up the stairs. The, the little brother of the patient was waving us down. You could see, see in his eyes, he's like, I fucking hate Ooh. that. And he was like, my whole world is dying. That kind of look his yeah. face. So I'm like, fuck. I walk into, I'm not even in the door yet. I'm just, it's an apartment upstairs. I'm looking into the apartment, into the living room. And I see the mom on the phone with nine and one and she's crying hysterically. She's staring down at her daughter on the floor. My firefighter, you know, dragged her from the sofa onto the floor and I'm not even in there yet. And I'm like, all right, you know, scene safety, things like that. Lady, I need you to step outside. Talk to one of the firefighters. Mm -hmm. I hand him the tablet. He's jotting down as much as he can. I walk in there. She is GCS one 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 agonal respirations probably Mm. four per minute six per minute at most just pale and you're like all right let's uh let's see what we got and first thing i do is check the pupils pinpoint maybe one or two millimeters Hmm. barely reactive awfully young yeah Yeah, for real (laughs) so i'm like all right we're we're thinking opioid overdose Mm -hmm. maybe carfentanil maybe heroin things like that so my partner's he's already on it he's starting a line i'm grabbing a bvm we're starting to brief for the patient all right and then fire captain bls mind you and he came from this big city that transported their own and he was like whoa, whoa. i think she's got hp for you that don't know what hp is Hispanic oh, what? Panic. he's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. i've seen this before she's faking it and i'm like i glare i'm like are you fucking serious she's we're not, not
0: faking her pupils dude." yeah,
2: yeah. We're not having this argument. I'm like, no, she's agonal respirate, Like, she needs to be bagged. He's yeah. like, no, no, hold off. I'm like, Captain, I need you outside. Yeah. Oh, quick. my goodness. So we started bagging her, throw an NPA in. The reason why he was like, oh, I think she's faking it because her SPO2 is 100%. She was tacking on a monitor at 147. Blood pressure is 166 over 60-ish. But her SpO2 was hundred percent, but she was agonal respirations. But everyone knows SpO2 will hold high for about two, for you a can, couple yeah, minutes. it's two or three minutes. You yeah. have to be cautious with that. Exactly, and that's why I kind of rolled my eyes when he was like, "Oh, I think she's faking it." Her spo I'm like, I'm not gonna wait until her SpO2 goes down. Yeah, we're gonna treat this ahead because everyone knows for pediatric, they're gonna compensate really yep. good, and then they're gonna crash. And by the time you cr- they crash, it is too effing late. So we're breathing for her. We get a line, give her some Narcan, nothing. We're like, fuck. All right. EMTs arrive. Let's load her up. I'm going in the back of the rig, making base hospital contact. Give them, you know, what we got. The mom said that 10 minutes before we arrived, her daughter went out from her bedroom, walked into the living room and said, mom, I have a headache. And then she went down on the sofa and went unconscious. That's all I got. No histories, no allergies, Mm -hmm. no meds. And the captain, you know, he was looking around for any drug paraphernalia. Couldn't find any. I told our uh, children's hospital, you know, what we got. Blood sugar was unremarkable, 211, you know, and we were breathing for the patient at this time. Her BP was high on the, the monitor. Yeah. Yeah, but for it, a fourteen-year-old, for fourteen, she yeah. a Chevy? But the follow, <laughs> so, no, 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 that's true. That's, yeah. I I would guesstimate her weight would probably be 100 pounds. Okay, okay. so yeah. not should not be that high. Yeah, she was she was a typical slender fourteen-year-old. Um, but her blood pressure went down subsequently after that. Okay, uh, like the okay. one teens. Okay, so. You know, I requested an order for another Narcan just in case it was carfentanyl because that kind of holds for a while. Dude, they're no, I, high I've, doses. I've
0: given up to six, eight milligrams yeah. of Narcan in our city because it's so prevalent. So we have a a, a drug called oh god M thirty. It's a fake fake OxyContin. So it's fentanyl based oxy. So it's like a it's a, a the drug cartels will pill press to make it looks like look like oxy or oxycodone, and it's fentanyl. So, like, fucking, if it's in the city, people are dropping, like, flies. Oh, shit. And we're like, two milligrams, nothing. <laughs> fucking. And, uh, you know, nurse dosing. Yeah. 0.5 milligrams. <laughs> wink, wink. One, two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, we'll uh, we'll get four milligrams intranasally on. They'll kind of, like, their respirations will start to go up. And then we'll start an IV, give two more. And then they'll, like, come out of it. I'm like, oh, fuck, what happened? I'm like, Dude. You took a shitload. I remember <laughs> in the other county I worked in, where I could give you know a box and like people would perk up and stuff. When there was just typical heroin or oxy, dude, this fucking fentanyl shit, it will knock people on their ass. Sorry, tangent.
2: So we're hauling ass. Oh yeah, the EMTs, the EMT company, um, transporting us. They it was a three man crew that day, so they were doing driver's training mm. of oh, okay. all days. Uh-oh. Mm. So we're they're slowly rolling out of the apartment area. I'm like, what the can fuck? you fucking can drive, you please? can you drive faster? Oh, you want code three? Yes, yes, <laughs> I want can code three. three. Yeah. I, yes, please, this is if the very few times I I need code three, I need code three right effing now. So then they start to book it a little bit. Uh, we give her fluid bullets. We give her Narcan. She is not looking good. Like, blood pressure keeps on dropping. Heart rate's holding up high. SPO2 is in the 80s. Damn. Like, 85, 89. You know, they're getting moderate compliance. You know, like, we we suctioned as well. We got an NPA in. We're like, right, you know, I go up on a base hospital. I'm like, I'm thinking maybe so as soon as you drop advanced an NPA. airway. Yeah, hey, guess what? They're not faking
0: anymore. Yeah, they're definitely
2: yeah. right. And that's why I told the fire captain. I'm like, she took the MPA like a champ.
0: Nobody yeah, just sits yeah. and takes it. Like, you at least uh. see a grimace on their face if you shove something up their nostril. You know, like they'll, they'll grimace at least. There's no 14 year old girl who's like going to let somebody shove something no. up their nose. I'm like, It's yeah. completely altered, you know? It's just not uh, fucking. God damn it, get it fired up.
2: So, damn, she, so she remains hypoxic during a drive, and we're, we're bagging her as best we can. We're getting moderate compliance. And I'm telling Base Hospital, we're on the phone the whole time, we're on the radio. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm thinking advanced airway. And in our county, there's no advanced airway for pediatrics. Yeah. So that's 14 and below. So they're like, all right, let me, the nurse, MICN, was like, let me bring it over with the, the doctor. They're on pause for a while, and I said, "You know what? Let me go OPA, and uh, let's see how that works. And if not, I do have an eye gel. You know that is appropriately sized for this patient. Oh, you guys use eye gels? We use eye gels. Nice. They're like LMA's for those of you that don't know. Yeah, yeah. Super easy to put in. No visualization. Just loop, put in a superquatic airway. Superquatic oh. airway. Yeah, and then you do all your checks just like you would, with, you know, a ET tube." Super secure. Um, OPA, no change in effect. You know, hmm. we're still holding 80-something percent. And I got the approval for the IHL. So I was like, sweet, you know, put it in, secure it, you know, double-check everything, good waveform, cap notes good, you know, lung sounds are awesome. We're, we're still going to the hospital. Uh, base hospital is even saying, how much more time is it going to take for you guys to get here? And I'm like, too effing long. That's how long <laughs> <So>. <laughs> because I'm looking at my watch too, and then before I know it, um, and I'm I'm getting repeat, you know, vitals every two minutes or so, and you just see that trend on that BP just go down, and then we feel radial pulses gone, carotid pulses still there, and then I told the EMT that I was riding in the back. I was like, hey, I want you to give me a manual uh, carotid pulse rate, and she feels it that. that Next time, and she's like, uh, "Can you check?" And oh, you know, fuck? like when you when you get that look from the EMT, is like, uh, "I tried and I can't. Am <laughs> I failing or I, I... <laughs> are they dead?" <laughs> so I feel it a couple seconds, and you know, you know when there's no yeah. pulse. Yeah. yeah. So you know, one hand on the chest, and I'm screaming at my partner, "Hey, get the Lucas! We're grabbing it. We're trying to put it on, and um we're doing compressions in the meantime." And as soon as the Lucas is on, the the steps for Lucas is ABC, one, two, three, you know, activate, backboard, uh, connect, and then press one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. I press one, and then you bring the puck down to the chest, and then I hit two, and it kept on beeping at me. And I'm like, what the fuck is this beep? I've never heard this beep before. Uh Realign. Realign. Yeah, so I, I, I go back. I step back again, and I go forward again on the steps, and it keeps on beeping at me. And then we realize, like, she's too small for the Lucas. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the puck is at the lowest depth that it can be at Damn. to initiate. So we're at the hospital bay right at this time. She codes literally as we're pulling up, and Rock. we're we got the Lucas on quick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we pull her out, and I'm doing compressions. And, you know, it's, it's a trainee crew for the EMTs. So I'm like, Hey, lower the gurney, you know, just, I'm a short guy. I'm <laughs> five, 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 six on a good day. And he's like, what? And I'm like, dude, I'm, <laughs> I don't feel like straddling. <laughs> All the way up, it's yeah. Like,
0: dude, can you drop this down? please? Right. Fuck.
2: Yeah. So we, we bring her in. Um, the children's hospital is amazing. You know, they, we transferred a patient over They're continuing compressions round of epi pulses back almost immediately. Nice. And then she was on an epi drip. Uh, mom arrived to the hospital soon afterwards. And, um, you know, we talked at M- MICN, and she was thankful that we kind of kept, we were, we were both working out the equation together, you know, just, just trying to benefit the patient as best we can. Uh, we found out afterwards can you guess why she was went to cardiac arrest?
0: Um, The SPO2 getting low is peculiar, but her having a headache, the BP being high, I, I think, and her pupil change, I think some kind of brain bleed. Yeah.
1: That's what, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it
1: was damn. brain bleed. I say where? Lower probably? To affect yeah, because it's pupils? affecting
0: her, her respiratory rate. So yeah, yeah. I'm assuming a brainstem, yeah? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So- damn. Damn. They were gonna send um, the C- a copy of the CT to our, our nurse coordinator and then um, they were gonna f- send us a follow-up email to see what her, her prognosis was but we found out that she went to surgery within a few hours after that so nice there's, yeah. uh, that's the we've <clears throat> had a few of those that. We've had so. a few
0: of those like like um, there was a 17 year old kid who came to the station he was like he was like screaming. Like my head, my head, it fucking hurt. Like like clenching his head, and they're like, "What is going on? Is this yeah. guy having like? Is he a psych patient? Like, what the fuck's going on?" And all of a sudden, he goes unresponsive, flops on the ground. And they're Like, no way. Code three to the hospital. Yeah, sure enough, brain bleed. There's been a. There's been a few of those. Like, it's just so like nerve wracking, you know. Especially Damn. with a little kid, you just don't want to see that. Yeah.
2: And then my captain freaked out because you know, obviously at first he thought that it was bullshit. Did he own up to it? He owned up to it, oh, okay. but more so for him because he has a daughter about that same age. Okay, so he was like, "Fuck, dude!" And she plays sports, so she's like, yeah. "He's like, man, she's had concussions before." And he was like, "Hey, how common is this type of thing? Like, should I be more cautious with my daughter rather than just tell her just like walk it off?" It's hard when it's that's yeah that's such a same hard age as your too. kid, you know. So for him, I think he took a little bit harder because you know he was thinking it was bs it ended up being super critical yeah luckily we were ahead cool. of it you know so she, hopefully she
1: doesn't have any anoxic brain injury yeah, yeah. i i doubt it you know but she's taught. young enough she could she's you know pizza are resilient
2: yeah
0: it's it's funny you say that i have uh, my current engineer uh, when he first started in my department uh he had a uh, uh pediatric two-year-old or three-year-old choking kid was stroking on a marble, you know, he was, he was doing what he could, but he just couldn't get the marble with the, the McGill's. And he was told me, he was like, it was the craziest thing. Like when I was looking at this kid, I was looking at my son. Like I saw my son cause he has a, a kid the same age and another engineer stepped in and was able to get it. But he was like afterward, he was like a mess. He's like, I, I couldn't help, but see my child in this child. And he was like, I lost it after it was like, fuck dude. A big it's okay. <laughs> no. He's like, it's, it's so weird. Like, once
2: you have kids, it just changes everything. I was like, that's, that's very true. Kids. So, on the EMS side, sorry, a big differentiator that I see versus the military side is that on the military side, a majority of the guys that you're treating are your best friends, mm-hmm. are the guys that you spent, you know, day after day with, and then they ended up, you know, being injured or dying or dead. And you have to deal with that. And it's super difficult. And on the EMS side, you don't have to deal with the other firefighters as much. It's super rare. Mm-hmm. But what it comes down to is someone that is similar to your family member. Yeah. And you see that mirror effect. And um, I guess maybe I don't run into it as much because I've dealt with dealing with my own guys. And then now I just compartmentalize a lot of traumatic events, which is really awesome. Yeah. And then, um, you know, with therapy, you were talking about PTSD with my therapist. We do this one procedure. It's called EMDR. So it's a technique that therapists use for PTSD. Um, and they use a trigger. So a lot of places will use lights. So it'll be blinking, yeah, alternating so eye blinking. movement. That's, yeah. That's what that's was. Eye movement. Said, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. for me and my therapist is just patting, patting your thighs. So I'll just pat my thighs and it will bring me back to a a safe place, kind of like me being at the beach. Ironically. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the, I'm going to have to delete that now. Yeah. But, but but the beach (laughs) that I was just at, that's the beach that is in my mind when I go through a PTSD type of recurrence. Hmm. And so I, I pat my thighs and I go to my happy face place. And with therapy, you know, you, you do that as you relive the traumatic experience and you're, you're working it through and um, it's quite effective. But other than that call, it's been pretty chill, you know?
1: Um, so this, what, how did, how's the community and like the hospitals um,
0: receiving you? Yeah, yeah.
2: Dude, they absolutely love us. Yeah. I remember I was out for a run and I was just killing myself I was sitting on a curb just like shortness of breath basically just gagging <laughs> you know tripod position and some guy pulls up in a Prius and he's like hey man welcome to our city like, welcome to our city I'm like all right hold on, I can't breathe type of thing and then um during the first week that we were there I remember bringing in a patient into the the hospital the local hospital there mm-hmm. and I was giving a report and you know we got a line sugar you know nine whole nine yards just mm-hmm. to make sure we didn't miss anything and the nurse is there and then the charge nurse was standing right behind the nurse for the bed and he was like that's how a report's supposed to be that's how a handoff's supposed to be and i was just like what i'm just trying to give you yeah i'm just, you know, doing, I'm my just, I'm yeah. just doing my job yeah my job how many the,
0: times did we come across that working for our company and were there people like when they see us they kind of give us like oh this company and then all of a sudden they hear us start talking about giving a report or or um you know, I remember one time I gave a pass down for a STEMI and I was like, Oh, I did a right side of twelve lead and it's showing S D elevation V four R. So I withheld on this, this, and this, but I gave this and they're like, What? Like <laughs> They're like, What station are you at? And I was like, I'm not a station, I'm I'm with this company and they're like, What? Huh? <laughs> like give me the weirdest yeah, thing. I was like, yeah. like, oh, I I am didn't realize that there was paramedics like this. So I was like Yes. I was like, oh, yeah, it's come a is, long way from you. This holding... is fucking baseline for yeah, us. Like, yeah. this is just standard level of care in other places. But you guys just don't know.
2: I am deadly ashamed when I don't have a line and I bring in an A-list patient. Yeah. Right? I'm like, today's my worst day. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, I'm
0: like, it's okay. It happens. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I'm going to go <laughs> perform self-flagellation in the app. I just <laughs> fucking beat myself <laughs> with IV tubing. <laughs> But um,
2: in this in this county the, the standard has been brought down so far that, you know, like that's what's expected. Yeah. And then we're super surprised when you just perform basic AOS yeah. procedures, you know, prior to base hospital or whatever. Yeah, they're they're super receptive, you know. Obviously there are things that come with experience and you know, that's that's with human beings as so I was normal.
0: curious, um when, they, when the department gets fires, do you go and are you like rehab? Are you guys rehab essentially for any kind of fire? Yeah. Have yeah. you guys had any mutual aid with other fire departments?
2: So we had a, a fire, uh, first fire in our city. I was on that shift. Nice. And uh, yeah, we did rehab and medical on that. That was really nice. Uh, they, the EMT company, they brought in the rehab stuff and we were just staged for medical. And uh, for our MCIs, we do do medcom. So okay. we, we a base hospital, we negotiate all that stuff because the fire guys, they're EMTs and they have never called medcom before. They, yeah. they've never called our Shit. base hospital. I've been a
0: paramedic for a long time. I've never done medcom. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so just pull out the whiteboard. Just, yeah, I know. Just, exactly. It's not that hard, <laughs> but I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. Just, just write down everything and just try to take account of everyone. So yeah. it's, it's not too bad. Uh, it's a lot on our plate. Yeah. But uh, I think we're we're up for it. At least, at
0: least I am. Do the firefighters play nice in the sandbox with the other departments, as far as mutual aids concerned? Like, because oh, when we go on on, we have a big fire. So um, if it's a um, first alarm, it's our whole department because we're a smaller department. If it's a second alarm fire, we're pulling resources from. So we're pulling <laughs> resources from there, and um, three alarm fire, then it's like it's a shitload. It's like it's multiple trucks and other BC and all this other stuff. <clears throat> so I'm curious cause I know with the unions and all the pushback that the department got, like I'm, I'm curious if there's a decent sized, you know, second alarm fire, if the surrounding departments came in and played nice or if they were kind of lack of a better term cunty.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the first fire we had was a second alarm fire, I believe maybe even third second. Definitely. It was a, um, Honey oil production in oh, a, uh, a commercial building. Commercial building. Okay, it's, tilt a class, up. it's probably gonna be class or a second, a third alarm. Yeah, it was a third alarm. Tons of resources arrived in, and uh, everyone was helping us out. And you know, of course, we were first on scene, so we had IC and and everything. Ton of chiefs came over from every jurisdiction. Like as soon Ooh. as you do mutual aid, there's a chief that comes over with it, just really? to kind of see how things are going. Do you guys have mm. a, be- a battalion chief? We, we do. Okay. We do, yeah. And, um, I'm surprised that they, it, w- it went really well. And uh, ever since then, our surrounding cities are not the fire department that was kind of giving us grief for the most part. Yeah. Mm. So, they're, their cities are pretty much independent of that... County? County. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have their own city mun- municipal fire department. And so, there isn't that much beef. Oh, that's Um, good. That's good. Yeah. So we we provide mutual aid, vice versa, uh, quite often when when the need arises. And um, within our city, we only have two ALS units. So, you know, if three, four calls pop off in an hour, it's not surprisingly that they come in now. Same with us. Yeah. So, you know,
1: vice versa. Um, But it's been working pretty well, you know. The original model, wasn't there any day cars that were supposed to post in the city or no?
2: No. So I just mean, we just got contracted for the two ALS uh, I, I think it was
1: insinuated
2: that our company would be able to provide our like a own surge. mutual yeah. uh, aid, our own surge capacity. But with most private ambulance companies, yeah. staffing is always uh, an issue, especially if our are on a dialysis call right now, they're <laughs> yeah, not going to yeah. be able to run the 911 <laughs> for the day. Well, ever since you left, um, when no, I was working phone with phone you, phone. you, we Excuse used me. to do two paramedics on the rig a lot of the times now it's all one-on-one and in the county you need two paramedics to To run run a US unit for 911 so that's the big thing that they're running into huh really yeah there's almost never two medics on a rig now on the IFT side of the company yeah but there is
0: on the fire side yeah because
1: it's contracted yeah interesting How's your week dude Oh, dude, I just blanked. There's so much information we, I, I, I want to <laughs> get from you. We gotta get so through we the got week. the community we, we, stuff. Awesome. Yeah. We
0: we got 20 more minutes because Miller's gonna be here and like. Sorry, you could jump in. Happened with uh... he's coming with his buddy. We have oh. a finite amount of microphones. You didn't tell me that. I'm sorry. Anyway, double up, dude. <laughs> me and Tam will just share one.
2: I'll I will. We can Wait, share flat. a seat too. I don't mind that. You huh. can sit my lap. You know, Instagram should just be just <laughs> high insight turnouts. <laughs> i mean, I'd end up emergency, emergency <laughs> <cringe. laughs> you get end up on emergency cringe. <laughs> dude, I can't stop looking at that
0: shit after oh, you dude, said me. I start following it. Dude, it's Because they're such douchebags. Yeah. There's so many... Have you, do you follow Emergency Cringe?
2: No. You should. What? Well, it's wait, painful. I, I have. Yeah, actually.
0: Where it's like guys and their turnouts oh on God. Tinder yeah. and sending dick pics and stuff. And they're just yeah. like wearing a helmet for no reason. Or like, like nurses chasing clout. Or CNAs. Right yeah, it's like clout chasers. Or yeah. like, Anyways. Did you see the one where the girl was wearing a, a, a white coat and she was pretending to be a doctor and she was an EMT student? No. I was like, no, Jesus I didn't see Christ.
1: That I didn't see that one. <laughs> it's
0: like they just brought in a psych patient and they're restraining him. It's so scary. Uh, and and I, she's like, "I'm gonna pretend to be a doctor today."
1: Dude, I saw one. It was just, I mean, she was cute, right? No, no simp, but like she was all like, "Oh, my day off," and she's just like walking around the house, and it's just clips of her walking around the house, and then she looks up the stairs, and then she's like, a ghost of my patient that passed away a few years ago. Oh my and I was like, god! What? Ugh. What? Ugh. what? Like, come on. No, it's
0: never had me. Like, what do you do I on your days about off? Any of I was my like, t- <laughs> on my days off, I'm like, all right, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, I'll make it quick. My week, COVID's back. We are just what? slammed. I mean, it never went I away. Sure, what? I know yeah, sure. it's a hoax. Yeah, but like, not real. just because not-
2: there's no vaccine doesn't mean
1: that it's gone. And, and,
0: okay. By the way, how many people heard from a certain? Group of people that, oh, as soon as the election's over, no more
2: COVID, you're not going to hear shit about oh, it. Oh, yeah. I hear you, that so bet much. You, bet you money. <laughs> oh, man. Hey,
0: bitches, it's
2: still around. Yeah. I miss not having to wear an N95 just to read people's reactions Ugh. during like a critical call or maybe a BS one. I just want to see someone spinning. <laughs> By spinning, <laughs> I mean like, like they're just totally oh, flustered or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Nervous. Ugh. I just like, get fuck. so much enjoyment out like, of reading oh, people's faces.
0: <laughs> Especially like. Brand new EMTs and stuff. Yes. You're like, yes. Oh, this is the first time they've seen this. This is so funny. You're like, oh fuck, they're going to shit themselves. Like, this is fun. It's they're just passed out. It's not a big deal. Yeah.
2: So the nice thing about our our city that we run, we make the EMTs do a lot. Just like kind of like on our company, you know, we make the EMTs when we're one on one paramedic yeah. EMT, we make them do a lot. You mean so, their job? Yeah, their job really. <laughs> so you know. My real job is to start IVs, make a differential diagnosis, and get on the radio. It, that's essentially. If I do more than that, the EMTs are failing at their job. All right, <laughs> you analyze. You the I radio. just stand yeah. here with the gertie. Yeah. So <laughs> they we had to check this...
0: my vitals, but I analyze the vitals. There's a difference. Yes.
2: Okay. <laughs> so we we get this gunshot, and it's super basic gunshot through and through through yeah. the thigh. couldn't be more simple than that. I throw a Coming tourniquet from on you, of course. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, no yeah. Big deal. yeah, no big deal. I throw a tourniquet on, and I'm starting a line, and I'm telling the EMTs like, "Hey, I need to cut off the clothes and check for exit wound. I'm almost 100 percent positive it's an exit wound, and then we'll bandage it up. And like, I'm I'm getting a tourniquet on the arm, starting to IV, and I look in the corner of my eye, and you could just see. Through the N95 mass, his eyes are screaming. He's like, oh, my God, the paramedics can let me touch the patient that's bleeding. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we stop the bleeding. You know, like I need you to be dirty hands so I can be clean hands. Like, Yeah. yeah. It is I have to so touch funny. the phone for the call-in, okay? Yeah. Get
0: your hands bloody and just yeah. deal with this. Yeah. These fingers are for typing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He was like typing, I don't hear any cutting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like
0: transporting.
2: Yeah. Just uh, fucking tapping away. Uh, <laughs> Do more, dude. <laughs> his eyes are screaming. And he pauses right before he like touches the patient. I'm like, what are you waiting for? Do your job. You're an EMT. <laughs> but my hands will get icky. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hate. But but pull shit county, out of butts, all right? Yeah. Deal with it. In his county, they're they're so used to just pushing a gurney, loading up the patient and driving. Oh yeah. 100%. And um and I, I pride myself on being a great EMT and a mediocre paramedic because, <laughs> at the end of the day, that EMT yeah. skills—that's yeah, yeah. that's what saves It's a Like ninety percent of it, you know. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's what I always say. After med school, I just learned how to be really good EMT. <laughs> right? Just. I'm Anyways. sorry, I, I stole your thought. No, yeah. no, that like, dude, the surge. Like, uh, I think out of all the chain hospitals in that I work for, we are number one in positive COVIDs. We have like... Applause. Yeah, we're number one. Guys. Woo! <laughs> Dude, it was like, I think our hospital alone has like 200 positives, 40 in the ICU. We had like 20 in the waiting room all night. Everyone's positive. Our DOU's full. I think we held a DOU COVID guy for 37 hours in the ER before he got a room. That means like I'm pretty sure he was there on my Friday I worked or early Saturday and... He didn't get a room until yesterday, last night. Or this morning at like 2 in the morning. But yeah, so I'm like so over COVID. But uh What
2: <laughs> What was the lowest SPO2 you've ever seen on someone that was alive?
1: 66. That was over the weekend. 49. Damn it. Uh, 49 Damn it. alive. And dude, this guy wasn't even COVID. This guy wasn't even COVID. He was, COVID. COVID. So he, was, was COVID. COVID. I he was just like C- like CHF or COPD exacerbation. And he was trying to AMA after we gave him an Andre breathing. So there was a so.
0: recent MCRIP podcast. Not. It was a while back at this point. But um, they were talking about how these COVID patients are coming in with inordinately low SPO2s mm-hmm. despite being better off than you'd expect, right? You come across a copd in the 40s, they're dead. They're not yeah. alive anymore. But there's like people coming in in the, the 70s and they're just like, they're obviously dyspnea and stuff, but they're still like able to talk and a little more with it than you typically see. And they're, they're trying to explain it. It was above my fucking
1: head, but... I think I listened to the same one and I couldn't... I probably have to replay that episode. Yeah,
0: exactly. But they were seeing it. It was, it was a trip. So like I, the lowest I've seen, one died because she was copd but another one from COVID, he was still breathing pretty good, but he was pretty out of it. And he was in like the 60s to 50s range. And I yeah. was like,
2: oh, fuck, this guy's going to die. <laughs> yeah, our guy was 49, room air. And then oh, once we, I can't remember if we CPAP'd him or BVM'd him, but with supplemental. Yeah. 60s. Yeah. 60s. That's it? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Super large guy. 300 oh, pounds. Wow. A lot
0: of pre morbidities. So my resident physician right now, she's saying the uh, all her really serious COVID patients have all been obese. That's the the worst Damn. ones she's seen.
1: I was like, oh, it makes sense. But, yeah, so, I mean, that's it as far as the ER stuff. But, like, and that's just, like, one of my jobs. Are they staying in the
2: ICU and in the hospital longer?
1: D-O- so
2: Even with the newest, like, treatments and, you know, so findings and everything?
1: I don't really have, like, a, a good ratio. But I'd say as far as my direct patient contacts, we're probably sending 70% or 60% home. Because we're seeing in the second wave it's the younger crowd, like 50 yeah. and younger. So they'll usually get uh, Decadron since that's been proven. Um, some albuterol, uh, inhalers because we're not doing nebulizer treatments, and then um, finish off the self quarantine. You're seeing a lot, and I tell all my patients because it helps with the the anxiety, right? Because people don't know, and people come to the ER thinking there's some miracle drug, but like they're coming in at day six, seven, eight because they're, they're peaking, right? So I was like, hey, you're we'll just give you something help you feel better, but you should be feeling uh better after these next couple of days because you're halfway through and you're just peaking right now and so they get to go home. But the ones that do end up staying, uh, they're usually ending up on high flow O2 and going to the DOU. And so that's the problem. Last night, we had one high flow O2 machine for the whole fucking hospital. Oh, um, so some of the patients when the RT would come, they'd be like, you know, least evasive to most invasive. Some of them are coming around from like 80s up to 97 just on six liters nasal cannula. They'll leave it like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're we're just, I don't know. A lot of DOUs. They opened up. I haven't even been to this floor. I've been there like seven months. Like uh, the third floor, like West Wing, is like an overflow unit. And I was like, I don't even know where that's at. But so, yeah. So, they're like, it's an overflow for DOU because we have so many COVID patients. Oof. And then there's like 37 intubated in the ICU.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. So. That sucks. Yep.
0: So, <clears throat> I still haven't seen the, the surge in my, my city yet. So, I, I really I think... think that we went through it.
1: Yeah. So, so um, at my other place, uh, the doctor was like, I think they had their bad, our bad surgeon like back in March or yeah. June. Cause even he was like, dude, at, at the smaller community place I work, he's like, you know, a month ago we had 10 COVID patients and now we have 30, but I mean, I don't know. Like
0: they... the rates increasing to like, what was it a week ago? I think like the highest peak we've reached was like 250,000. Cases in a day or something. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. No, but a, a lot of it, if you look at the maps of the outbreaks, it's like um, Midwest and East. Yeah. You know, so so like. luckily, we're not seeing it. Or we're still seeing it the surge, but we're not seeing it We're as not getting bad pummeled. As, as, yeah, as like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they are.
1: Like Denver, because, you know, Jacobs in Denver sent me an article. Like they're so inundated and the ER he works at. Everyone's down for SAT. They're using hallway beds again. Um, and then I guess the governor or the mayor, what signed an emergency um, like proclamation, right? State of emergency. Yeah. State of emergency thing that they are allowed to transfer you without your consent because of how impacted they are. And I was like, where are they transferring them to? And they're like, dude, like an hour out into the boonies that hospitals have beds. Mm-hmm. So you go from like Denver Metro and they'd be like, what? we don't have room. So you're going to oh, go an damn. hour. Yeah. Geesh. And they're like, you're not going to be, well, it's not going to be in They're not going to be able to get you civilly for this. It's just like an emergency transfer because we cannot take care of you. I was like, holy shit. God
0: damn, it's going to turn into New York for a lot of these places where they're having like those
2: uh, Dude, I already freezer
0: feel like- fucking trucks for the dead bodies and shit. Like, Jesus Christ. So
2: my wife was a part of the military response for the COVID over in New Jersey. Oh, no shit. And it's really interesting because they set up you know, a massive convention center, mm-hmm. hospital beds, mm-hmm. And it's almost like a step-down unit from the ICU. That's what they use it for. Mm-hmm. But the criteria for transferring patients there is so strict that even if the hospitals are super inundated, for them to be able to bring that patient to that military hospital is probably 5%, super low, because there was like 20 criteria. Yeah, they, weren't expect, yeah. they weren't accepting yeah.
0: any COVID patients. Yeah. They're only accepting
2: patients with like no fever
0: it was strictly like this patient's a stemmy they had their cath treatment and now
2: they're going over here which is like we don't
0: need those people out exactly we need need the fucking covid patients out
2: so they realized that halfway through it and then they were like fine we'll start taking covid patients instead of the healthy patients and then you know even then it was just a little bit too late yes yeah but we had
0: the same thing in our area where like it was comp- it went completely unused. It went mm-hmm. unused. <laughs> Fucking Ugh. unused. But those people were making bank. I know. You know <laughs> like, exactly. Because like nobody could go there. Yeah. It wasn't allowed. And I was like what the job. fuck is the point of yeah. making co- like a COVID yeah. emergency possible that no COVID patients can go to? I was like, well, that's oversight yeah. if I've never seen one.
1: What else? Oh, I was sexting you. I had that GHB call.
0: You sound like you said you sexting me. Huh? <laughs> I, <laughs> I heard I sex- sexting me. I was probably like, probably sexted
1: you about that GHB call too. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so I, we had an overdose that came in, and then Fire gave a total of like six milligrams of Narcan with no no change. But he presented like an overdose, like pinpoint, cool pale diaphoretic. Toxic screen was negative and whatever, but... There's same no tox screen for GHP, Right. Yeah. But, like, um, dude, same thing, like, he, dude, the nurse put a foley in, didn't flinch. Uh, we had an EMT student, made him do the NPA, didn't flinch, took yeah. it like a champ. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, what's going on with this dude? Like, uh, alcohol, negative, tox screen, negative. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I walk bro. by the room, and he's, like, awake and crying and, <laughs> and picking at the NPA, and, like, I knew his name. I was like, yo, you okay? He's like, oh, I'm fine. And then, um, so the nurse goes in, and I hear talking, like, you know, she has, like, these like southern drawl I'm like hey and what's going on we're you trying to help you and he's like oh, I just broke up with my boyfriend and then all of a sudden i was just like boyfriend oh. ghb and then i go to my uh lvn and i was like hey can i ask you a gay question because my lvn's gay i was like oh, sorry you're my only gay friend anyways so i was like i asked him about the ghb thing and he's like how do you know i fuck with that i was like what do you mean I, i'm just asking you uh anyways <laughs> I was like, I didn't mean to view you. Yeah, it, bro. I didn't mean to like call you out. I was just asking you. You know, is this like, it's like common in the the culture. Yeah, it's definitely common. Yes. But um, uh, so that's what we think it was. And he ended up getting discharged after that. Damn, I was trying to thought. I was gonna say something. But yeah, dude, I was asking. I was like, hey, is this true? And all this other stuff. And so yeah. So uh, goddamn it, it reminded me of a call I had. But he's like, Ryan, is- how do you know I fuck with that? I was like, what do you mean? You just I don't have any gay friends, man. Yeah, I don't also <laughs> I tell to me you. you do that. <laughs>
0: It was a f- super benign caller. The guy was just anxious, but he was. Uh, I show up in my cabin. He's like, "Oh, he said he does TNG." I was like, "What the fuck is TNG?" TNG. What? What's TNG? He was like, "I was like a G, <laughs> like yeah, GHB." Means and he was yeah, like, maybe. "Yes." I was like, "What the hell's T?" And he was like, "Meth." I did meth and G and GHB. I was like, "Oh, T and G." He's like, "Yeah." This guy had like, why's T for meth? What? So me- meth, meth. Hmm? Because there's a T in meth, apparently. Oh, Oh my God. Methamphetamine. That's so weak. Yeah, yeah, and then they're, like, they call it, like, Tina, and then T for short. So, apparently, it's T and G is meth and GHB mix. This guy had distractingly huge nipples. (laughs) He was shirtless, and both his nips were pierced, and they were ginormous. So, apparently, when you do, when you take, like, HIV medication, sometimes there's some enlargement of nipples. Huh. But he also had him pierced, and I, obviously he was in some nipple play because they were gigantic. And I was like, I was like looking at his face, looking down, looking at his face, like Jesus Christ. And I kept looking down. I was like, I, can't, I don't know what the fuck to do about those. They is was up up Fucking huge, and like, I did not even want to. God, me, but they were gnarly. That's so uh, that was a pointless call, but it just reminded me of it.
1: <laughs> so TNG is meth and GHP. That's crazy. No, but so the other thing he added on was he was Sorry. saying that no, it's fine. I, um, I don't know if he's, like, so GHB is, like, drug of affluence, though, because it's more expensive than cocaine. So then he took a class with, like, illicit drug class and the... Teacher was like a professor. He says it's like a pretty common drug for like overseas students, like Chinese students going because if they party too much and they end up in the hospital, it doesn't show up on the talk screen, it doesn't incriminate them. Gotcha. So they sense. said like first, like one of your differentials should be if everything's negative and they were coming from like oh man, Partier. I just said, yeah, yeah, yeah from it's a big university,
0: a bar, a party, yeah, a club, I'm like that okay.
1: that considered GHB because it's <laughs> it's for like affluent and like in academia. 'Cause it won't show up on the talk screen.
0: Interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that, but I I know it's big in my area.
1: Anyways, that was a lot of ODs on Thanksgiving.
2: Yes. ODs, suicides.
1: A lot of um C O Peter CHFers, all that yeah. salty Thanksgiving food. <laughs> I've been having a lot of Friday. COPD or CHF. A couple we've, of DOAs, we've had CPAP a few. Oh. Now
0: those were my most critical calls. Were um, so I had a flash pulmonary edema. So I, I wouldn't mind. We should do an episode on that because guy had COPD. He had history of CHF, but it hadn't been. He uh, allegedly he had like a previous um, cabbage, but I would say He didn't. He denied having CHF. Um, he wasn't on any kind of Lasix or furosemide. So this guy had. Uh, just all of a sudden out of nowhere, shortness of breath in mm-hmm. the evening, probably late evening, probably 10 or 11. And um, he wasn't constricted at all, but you could hear some lo- rails in the lower lobes. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And his blood pressure came back and it was like 210 over 120. Oh. And I was like, does he have history of hypertension? She was like, no, just COPD. And I was like, Hmm. All right. So this is probably what it is. And you could just hear it. He yeah, was like, yeah. sats were in the high 70s, low 80s. And started CPAP I mean, he perked up right away, but it was, uh, uh we told the doctor about it because she was, she's there from like eight to six and we got this call in the evening and I told her about it. She's like, oh, that sounds like flash pulmonary edema. I was like, yeah, I was like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, absolutely. But I, I don't think I've ever had a uh, one that was uh, so abrupt. Yeah, you know? yeah. We had uh, another guy who I, I brought up Requiem for a Dream with this guy because... Oh. He had. he work. was a IV and um drug user, meth and heroin. Yeah yeah. And he we walk up and he's like outside of a library transient and he has this shirt over his arm. He's like, Hey, I think my arm's fucked up. I'm like, what do you mean? And he removes his, his this the shirt <laughs> and there's just pus and fluid just pouring down his arm. Ugh. His arm's all red and swollen, but they're like right at his AC area, yep. there's a just a open sore Ugh. That with a, and it's just gone. There's like a chunk missing, and then there's a black, like some necrotic flesh deep down, but it's just pouring, f- oozing fluid oh. all running down his arm. And as soon as you pull the shirt away out through the N95, I smelled that. I was like, oh, it smells so bad. I was like, oh, just cover it up. Just, cover it up. just <laughs> cover it up. Yeah. And then his other arm had this giant, um, mass in it too i was like dude how when how often are you you shooting up he's like oh you know i do it but like i smoke it more i'm like when's the last time he's like oh, i smoked meth today i was like god damn it <laughs> he was actually really nice but yeah. i was like hey dude like you gotta stop shooting up and he's like oh you know that's why i started smoking it but i was like dude are you like recently recorded for a dream he's like no i was like <laughs> i looked at the doctor i was like reminds me jared leto huh she was like yeah totally I was like, good, <laughs> look, good luck with that arm bro yeah she could get chopped off yeah and then um I don't know. We had a, a little TC last night. Some young girl, like only like low, tw- like early 20s. Allegedly, she said she can't remember, but she was admitted to alcohol use and later admitted to um, marijuana use. Hit one of those big decorative light poles, you know, in the, like typical downtown areas. Yeah, yeah. Plowed through that, launched it 50 yards and right into a palm tree. Like her engine compartment was half in her car. She got like, I, what kind of car was it? Was it a Camry? No, it was like (laughs) a, was it a Camry? (laughs) What? what? (laughs) It was like a civic, like, you know, Uh. small sedan. And, uh, she was out of the car, you know, completely fine. She had a little blood on her Uh, forehead from like, have the same case. Yes. And I love playing with this, (laughs) um, she had a, like an abrasion to her on her forehead with some like a slight bleeding yeah. and a little abrasion on her leg but that was it. I was like you are so yeah. fucking lucky right now. I really think she like fuck. fell asleep because she was drunk and high. Yeah because she didn't brace for it. It's allowed into yeah. this fucking, <laughs> fucking
1: palm tree. Just ragdolled in. Dude. It,
0: her blazer a blazer from her car like yeah. her like <laughs> was 50 yards away. Oh. It was crazy. I was like how the fuck did that get over there? So I was like walking down like pushing you know, Are you like, cold? Here you go. Yeah I was like <laughs> rushing shit out of the way and picking up some of the pieces of this fucking light pole. And there was like a glove 20 feet away. Oh this blazer God. was sitting in the ground like 20 feet, like 50 feet away. I was like,
1: how the fuck did it get over
0: here? I was like, did she drive <laughs> oh, the opposite shit. direction? She's like, no. She just fucking plowed right into this.
1: yard sales it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, across the street from my department or my station is, yeah. is open now. Oh. It's open on Thanksgiving. Call every day. At least one call every day. Oh, I bet. Dude. Fuck. Dude. The first night I got there, it, <clears throat> this chick was blitzed. No money. We looked for her ID, her yeah, no yeah. wallet. No wallet. No no card. <laughs> no money. She was just partying in this casino. Uh, she was shit faced. She was like threw oh, up dude. all over in this wheelchair. Uh, that they pulled her out and out out with, and then she like threw up all over the ground. We tried to like. I don't want to back on anybody too much, but. <clears throat> before we put her in the ambulance I she was throwing up into one of our vomit bags and I was like just give her a sec let her get it out and the engineer was like let's just get her in she'll be fine and he like lifts her up and starts putting her in she tro- of course she drops the bag and it spills all over the ambulance and I'm like just fucking give him the stink eye. I'm like cool man <laughs> you can just fucking waited a second till, like she stopped and I could held the bag and got in but yeah puke everywhere it's just all booze I'm like Jesus Christ Dude, yeah. when Dared Hat nice.
2: Rant, I get a pillowcase I tear a hole in it and I put it over. So I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do a belongings bag because they have oh, the drawstrings.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I take a draw the drawstring, put it overhead, yeah. and then I. I. I that's why I and did. And then it. you suffocate. Because that's <laughs> what it <laughs> sounded <laughs> like. He like didn't really that. describe it though. I put a belongings
1: bag over her head and just fucking draw it tight. No, no. You, you, you like pull it,
0: You pull the drawstring so it uh, goes yeah, overhead like, and then up the bag. And then when their head flops down, you're just like you pulled up the bag a little bit, and then just like blah, blah, and just go cram. Um, it works really well. Nice,
1: but yeah, I initially gave him a fucking. You to have so much fun. That just reminded me of my short time in Vegas. Oh, I'm so I'm glad I'm not working in it. Vegas. Oh man, calls like that. Yeah, dude. Just
0: I, we are we'll just going to be like that all the time. Yep, it's going to increase our call volume. Maybe it's you'll get in our time. station. It's been packed <laughs> every fucking night. We 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 like roll roll out from 10:30 a.m. All, it's open 24 hours. Obviously, it's a fucking yeah jam packed. Ooh. It's fucking COVID still, yeah. and people are still piling in this goddamn... C- I was like, oh, we're going to be so fucked soon. <laughs> Hopefully we get a new station. I re- I, I'm praying to Christ. And we're supposed to annex some other area, so... Good. If it all works out, tons of growth, more promotions, all this shit, so... I'm more fin- tax cross revenue. My, cross there you my go. fingers. Mm-hmm. Big time. I really want to turn into like a miniature... Right now, it's just old gay dudes. <laughs> <laughs> the old gay At dudes. least you
2: get a lot of compliments. Yeah. Uh, it's I, a
0: huge ego booster. It was weird. I've been hit on way too much uh, by old dudes, <laughs> but they, I got one recently. He was like, "It was like the, I worked the day after Thanksgiving." I was like, "Oh, me and this guy were chit chatting," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I had three pieces of pie last night. I had to really work it off today." He's like, oh, "Well, you look great." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh <thank man>. you. <laughs> I think <did> i that to <laughs> And then uh, he was like, "You should do a you should do a stack." I was like, "What? What's a stack?" And he's like you know steroids just get really big i'm like
1: i'm okay so <laughs> yeah. he's like you get real big on a stack i was like what are you <laughs> talking about everyone? he's like trying to promote steroids to me i was like i'm gonna
0: do steroids you psycho i was like also why would i want to get oh, it was just weird it was a weird conversation yeah, He was like this... telling my partner too when i was getting him registered i was like look over he's like i'm talking he about should go on on to steroids stack. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange that's funny uh I'm actually really bummed out. I I wanted to get in so much more. I know, but we're kind of like at the end. There's a lot. Mr. That was quick. Mr. Miller is on his way. Yeah, it was, that was an hour and a half. Oh, actually, I think it's like an hour and forty minutes. Damn. Yeah, it goes by pretty quick. So we'll have to come have you come back on for uh, part two. Yes, part two. <laughs> uh, what was that stupid Charlie Sheen movie where it was like <laughs> instead of part two is part two? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. Oh, Hot like Shot. Oh, yeah, shots, Hot Shot part two. <laughs> I used to love that when I was a kid. All right. Anyway, uh, Tam, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, definitely get you back on in the hopefully very near future and we'll definitely get into a little more of the, the transition stuff. Cause I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who are like, Oh man, am I going to make it? What's the challenges? What are the
2: benefits? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a transvestite just to clarify, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're talking about military and civilian EMS. Yes. That transition. Yeah, <laughs> that too.
0: Uh, excuse you. but Transgenderism. But, is but I can talk transgest- in. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. You're going to get us it's canceled. You're going to get us canceled from our three listeners. God.
1: Now we only have two.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Mom. All right. uh, catch you guys on the next one. See you.
2: Have a super sparkly day. <laughs> God damn it.